were lost to the wind. Now we belong to the wreckage. Eddie Berman is a folk artist based in Portland, Oregon. He's collaborated with musicians like Laura Marlin, Tyler Childers, Passenger, and Leanne Womack. His unique style of cosmic folk music leans heavily on philosophical themes. The music is introspective and somber, and the lyrics engage in fascinating themes like technology, family, and spirituality. We talked about his new album, Broken English, and what it was like to record in the middle of a pandemic. I hope you dig it. Well, you got a new album coming out called Broken English, and it was written and recorded over the course of the pandemic. I, I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about the recording of the album and, and how you had to do things a little bit differently in that whole process. Oh, yeah. It was uh, sort of like the complete opposite of how we have done all of our other albums. I, I wrote almost all of it. I think only one of the songs was written during the pandemic, and, and we were sort of all ready to go. To um, I'm up in Portland. My, my band is down in Los Angeles, and we record at a studio. Uh, out in Highland Park in LA, and uh, we had it was all booked for the summer of 2020, and then COVID hit, and you know we didn't know what to do. We were just like you know there's like 10 kids between all of us, all of our families, and so um, so you know all of our other albums we've recorded totally live, mostly in the same room. You know what we get is what we get, and you know the whole recording process would be, you know maybe like two to four days, you know start to finish, and. Um, and I, I love that. I think for this style of music, it's just, I always love that kind of, you know, warts and all thing that you would get, you know, for that, that live feel. And so um, with this, I felt like, should we just wait until we can get together? Thinking, you know, at the beginning, like, oh, this pandemic thing's going to last for like two weeks. Um, and as that was becoming more clear that that wasn't the case, uh, I I've recorded some stuff. I, put, I made a, um, a covers album. Um, that's called Surrounded by the Sound, and I recorded that for my house. So I, you know, I've got some pretty good equipment, but, you know, I mean, it's, it, you know, I was in a, a, a sort of, like, converted nursery that we weren't really using for my youngest daughter. So we sort of took the crib out, and, uh, you know, I put a desk in there, and and I had to sort of build the tracks in ways that we never really, I had never done before. And, you know, I'd build a, build a drum track, and, you know, I mean, we never use a click track or anything when we're recording, and now it was sort of the opposite where I was having to, you know, kind of build out the entirety of the track. Um, and during the process of doing the recording and I was here just the nursery, I was like, sort of sounds pretty good. And, uh, and sent it to the label and they liked it too. And, and so I just kind of kept rolling with it. And what was nice is I would kind of build the songs up kind of in their entirety. And then my bandmates, I basically, you know, take my tracks out. And my bandmates would put in, you know, the, the, you know, the lap steel and the horns and the, the keyboards and uh, and then a great drummer Max McBeady who we work with. He has a studio. I was lucky too that my bandmates they're producers in their own right, so they had places they could record. So with the drummer Max, he had his studio in Long Beach, and I was able to just kind of you know shoot shoot him the tracks. He'd be in his studio, you know, we talk about it. He'd lay down a track, email it over to me, listen to it, send a note, send it back. You know, a thousand miles away you know, walking around, uh, listening on some Bluetooth speakers. And, um, you know, it's one of those cases where it's as maddening as technology can be. It was like, this is, this is, this is pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty incredible. It's interesting to talk to different artists who have recorded in the last couple of years and, and, uh, some, 
as as after the vaccine came out, they were able to get back in studios and stuff. But a lot of people were doing this back and forth, um, distanced um, kind of recording. And I, I think it's pretty interesting how a lot of these albums sound really good. And um, it, it was in a whole new way. Yeah, it is. It was, it was, uh, you know, I'm, I definitely miss the immediacy of, of being in the, in the studio together. But, you know, when I, when I was in there, it was, because I'm, I'm essentially the producer of the tracks as well. It's, I feel sometimes like I'm a director in a film that I'm, uh, I'm also acting in. And so it's like, I, you know, I write these pretty lyrically dense songs, you know, and some kind of like intricate guitar playing or banjo or something that I'm doing. And so, you know, most of my concentration in the studio normally is just like, try to remember these words and, you know, try to perform them. Okay. But you, you know, at the same time, you're kind of having an ear on, you know, okay, well, how, how's this, you know, we've done a bunch of rehearsing usually at that point. Um, but still, you know, there's that time you're getting in there and it's just, you, it's just not working or one thing's off that now it was, it was a little bit nicer this way to be able to have, um, uh, to be a little more discerning, a little more specific about parts. But, you know, there was a funny thing where, um, you know, I was, you know, in lockdown with, with, you know, a, a two-year-old and a five-year-old and my other uh, bandmate, Gabe Feenberg, who he plays basically everything that's not the drums or guitar or banjo on it. And he was played the, the, you know, everything from the accordion to the trombone and the lap steel. And, uh, uh, he also has, you know, small kids in his house too. So we, it, it almost had that same kind of vibe, strangely, cause it was like, you know, you could, you know, both of us, we could get, you know, a, a solid hour here and there to record in the quiet. Um, and, uh, and so you couldn't be too precious with the takes. Um, so I think in a, in a funny way, we still kind of retained, um, that kind of beautiful sloppiness that I think we were, uh, that we get in the studio normally. Yeah. Yeah. Young kids, they, they, they have their own schedules and, uh, you, you only get the time you get, you know? Oh com- yeah, completely, completely. <laughs> and, and we're in this like, you know, almost like hundred year old house. And, uh, and so, you know, if somebody coughs. Uh, you know, on the other side, it's, it just reverberates through the entire place. So it was like, you know, my wife could take them on a walk. <laughs> She'd be like, all right, you have 45 minutes before they melt down. <laughs> See what I can do. Yeah, I understand that. It's interesting, though, that, um, the idea, and I think recording live like you normally do, the idea of having limitations is sometimes helpful in the creative process. And so, I don't know, maybe in a weird way that it kind of helps the things, you know. I, I totally agree. I feel like that's like the whole, that's like the name of the game. It's like, how can you, how can you give yourself those like perfect limitations that will, uh, uh, that help the process. Right. Absolutely. Well, there's a lot of interesting themes that come up on the record as well. And, um, some of those are like our, our relationship to work and our relationships to each other, isolation, technology, spirituality. Um, I really appreciate it when artists dive into these topics and I was just kind of interested in uh, why you chose to, to, to write about those types of things. Well, I think it's, it's usually just the things that are really kind of striking me at the time. I think there was a definitely a, a sort of uh, ironic thing about writing this album that was about isolation all before COVID hit. But, you know, I don't think you had to be like some sort of, you know, Nostradamus to, to see, you know, we've been living in these sort of more and more isolated ways, um, uh, you know, for, for decades and decades. Um, and I think it was, you know, it was the thing that I had, had been feeling um, and, and just, you know, seeing in our own, you know, all around me and friends around me and, um, 
you know, thinking as much as, you know, like my, my ancestry that goes back to, um, you know, I'm sort of half Irish, hundred percent Irish on one side and hundred percent kind of like a mix of European Jews on the other side. And, and, um, and I think also a lot of this was based in, in, you know, reading things like, uh, Wendell Berry and, uh, Paul Kings North and Andy Dillard and these great writers who I think talk a lot about these subjects too, of kind of you know belonging and the landscape and the the uh, relation how important the relationship is to those things and to community and and so you know I think of my ancestry that was you know spent spent centuries where they were and they all you know came to the east coast of the U S. Um, you know uh, you know escaping famine and war and persecution in their way and then you know and then in the kind of you know after you know some decades you know my parents meeting they flew out to the west coast you know a few months before i was born and so it's like my roots at that point as you know as a newborn my roots went back to me basically at that point and uh and i think it's a it's a common thing i think people that are that that are uh, uh displaced or or you know find themselves um in strange kind of rootless or, or disconnected communities. And then how much on top of that, you know, levels of technology, obviously give us this kind of, you know, uh, fake sense of connection, but, you know, make us kind of more and more dependent and, uh, uh less and less feel like we're a, an actual living creature in this world. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, I think I think those are all issues that we're all struggling with and oftentimes don't talk to each other about. Um, there's this weird kind of I feel like there's a lot of things that we're all thinking about, but we don't often um, bring it up in conversation because it it's so complicated, you know? Yeah, it's complicated. It's complicated. It's kind of work. It's work through it. And it's and it's um, uh, and I think there's also that. Yeah, there's that level two of, of uh, you just want to. You know, when you are getting together with people, you want to just have a good time, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they want to be a big bummer and bum everybody out. Right, exactly. So, you know, that's why <laughs> I have a, I, I feel like that's where that's where the, the music comes to funnel it, uh, to funnel it through there. But then, you know, and then within the music is, you know, it's finding, uh, you know, w- ways of, of having that be just kind of a color to this palette, what it is that you're doing. You know, it's not, it's not just lamenting this stuff, but I think seeing the contradictions in it, in the places all and anything that's sort of like a prescriptive negative thing usually that i write is always sort of directed like at me in this way it's like you know it's it's like a you know it's like if i if it's like a journal entry to myself of like get it get it together man <laughs> right right yeah well the song cherokee rose was inspired by a cormac mccarthy article uh, article not, not article book um and i was wondering if you could talk about that book a little bit or talk about that song a little bit And then we heard the low groan across the hill Where the tired holds sway, even still Yeah, so that, that was funny. That's actually the only song that I wrote during... Um, during COVID, I was I had everything together and I was recording and, and it, it felt like there was just one. You know, sometimes during the process, where I was like, "Why? Well, I think I feel like it just needs one more turn." And um, I, I had just read um, I read it actually twice during uh, during COVID. It was this book called Blood Meridian, 
which is this, you know, it was, uh, uh, coincidentally was published the year I was born. Um, and, uh, and I heard somebody talk about it and I then read some things about it. It's this beautiful, epic, you know, insanely violent, uh, uh, novel um, about these, uh, these, you know, sort of cowboy sort of uh, um, I think based on this true story, these guys going uh, sort of westward uh, near the Mexico uh, U.S. kind of Texas border as they were paid to, to basically you know murder a bunch of uh, Native Americans. But it's this weird philosophical and, and sort of uh, a mythological book at times too. Um, so I don't think you would ever listen to this kind of sweet song and think that that's what that, that's where some of this came from. But but so much of the book is written in this way of talking about the the landscape that these these people are going through. You know the gorges and the the the, the mountains and the deserts and um, and I, there was something about that about uh, that author I had mentioned before, Annie Dillard. And then there was one other book that I had read. Um, I was never really a reader until like the last couple of years. So I think during COVID, especially, I've just been diving in to this. And, uh, and I read this great uh, Thomas Pynchon book called The Crying of Lot 49 that has this amazing ending. And there was something about the three of those things. And then as being kind of a prism is writing a song for my wife. And so that song to me was just kind of about these, you know, this couple as they're kind of walking through this landscape and both the kind of macro and the micro, you know, everything from like, you know, the flowers beneath their feet to the, uh, you know, the constellations above them. And, and that, that within, you know, within that landscape of the, the things that are that kind of, you know, inviting and beautiful and encouraging things and the other parts that are, I think more kind of malevolent sort of forces. And it's about them, you know, kind of making their way out to the, uh, uh, through the night out to the sea to find some kind of, you know, uh, uh, revelation that may, may or may not come. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's something beautiful and haunting about the Western landscape that just kind of thing kind of like hits at a deep level, you know? Oh, yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. Interesting. Well, one of the standout songs to me is the wheel. And I think the, the melody on that one is fantastic. It sticks in my head and it's a beautiful song. And I'd love to hear about where that song came from. Climbed the steps in the wood On that volcanic mountain Never stopped like we should To breathe the dying sky Lord, to breathe the dying skies Then we raced at the top Past the road Yeah, that was, a, that was an interesting one. I mean, that one, uh, I've been going on a lot of hikes with my uh, going on a lot of hikes with my daughter um, during COVID, especially when my when my my second uh, kid was born, um, and we would be sort of hiking up uh, on these trails and and uh, and, and by the sort of reservoir, and, um, and I, that's that's kind of I think what sort of the part of the the setting of the song was to me. Um, and then a kind of a large part is it goes to the things that we were talking about too. That's sort of those feelings of, um, of, you know, di- disconnection from, from our, our, you know, natural landscape and our, just the world that we live in, you know, the, the, the earth. Um, and 
the difficulty in trying to reconnect that thing and also in, in kind of being in that with your uh with your kid and you know it's an interesting thing too for for me with the songs where the, i think there's a I, I usually write a part of it you know the the melody kind of all comes you know together with the guitar and this sort of subconscious way i just sort of like turn on a recorder as i'm just kind of making some stuff up and and then uh, you know sometimes the bulk of the lyrics come from that too is i'm just kind of singing random stuff over it and um and then there's you know a period afterwards as i kind of piece together and kind of do some right brain you know thinking to it and so my you know my own um my own interpretations of the songs is you know it's, it's the release process has been a good you know year plus and so uh my own interpretation of these things are sort of changing too um and so part you know i think to me at this point it's like kind of recognizing that thing in my you know, and like the, pe- the people I love around me of that, that, um, that oneness or something that, uh, um, that connects us to each other and to the world around us. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Well, the, the album opener is a song called Taurus and, um, kind of hits on some, some kind of connected themes, conspicuous consumption and commodification, self-obsession and things like that. And, and, uh, I thought that was a really interesting song too. And circle lean is hidden on you lay upon his shoulder They were cut from Arctic boulder You begged him to unfold you I'm to his bed now I'm to his bed now I'm to his bed now I feel the fire He's getting high Yeah, yeah, I mean that was, um it was it was another you know I, the the album started uh, when I was first starting to write I wrote him uh, I think that was the very first song I wrote too was I was writing him on the banjo in that kind of that claw hammer brailing style and I I had originally thought that that's what the album was going to be because when I when I perform solo a lot just to kind of break things up I, um, I I take out the banjo and I play that kind of you know that that bluegrass claw hammer style thing that I've, I've been playing for a while and it's it's funny it for it shows that's the thing people come up to me afterwards you know um and they ask you know which album has the most banjo on it and that's kind of what everybody what everybody sort of seems to gravitate towards and i thought maybe i need to just do a do a banjo album and so that was the first one i'd written and there was something about the the, the sort of uh not quite syncopate but it's a very interesting kind of rhythm that you end up getting I, I think I was like, don't know how to properly play Clawhammer style. Like, I think I do, but people, uh, uh, you know, I think they were like, no, you're not, you're not really doing it. It's something, something sort of slightly different. Um, and so I ended up when I was starting to record, um, I, I sort of transposed it and moved him over to the guitar, um, kind of messed with the tunings and everything. And, uh, and, and it just felt like, oh, you know what? I think it, it feels better. I was playing, I, instead of doing all the finger picking, I, I, do on a lot of other albums. I do some on this, but I was just playing with the kind of like the pad of my thumb and it was giving this, uh, this kind of this lower register, uh, this kind of thump to it in a way that I, uh, I really loved. And then I think it also, it moving from the band, like trying to almost like doing a cover of my own song. I was like trying to figure out a way of doing it on the guitar that, that brought that song. I think that sort of brought that song to life and the, uh, the those kind of melodic melodic chord progressions, um, and and had you know had that kind of um, it, it had that more menacing kind of feel to it at times, um, 
and so I, I think that sort of inspired then the kind of the lyrics to it of, of, uh, um, you know, feeling it's, it's that, you know, not, not knowing, um, you know, you try to have some hope and at other times it feels like, you know, the, the doom is kind of creeping in <laughs> in this world as, as things seem to be coming apart at the seams, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. You bring up the um, the strumming with your thumb because there, there's a lot of sounds and just the general vibe that kind of reminds me of Damien Gerardo. And um, I've seen him perform a number of times, and, and he does that too, where he'll, he won't play with a pick. He'll just kind of quietly strum with his thumb. And it's a really interesting vibe. It kind of pulls you in a little bit. It's really, it's a, it's a unique thing. Yeah, I think it's it's it, it's a fun part, you know, I think it's like that, that there's more... Um, you know, I think it's, it's like one of the reasons I've I've gone to pl- to play in a lot of open tunings too is that just the you know that little the ecosystem of the guitar or whatever instrument you're playing it's like you know what are these kind of these small changes you can make of like oh I'm gonna play you know it's like I'm growing my nails out so you know as I'm finger picking it has this brighter tinnier sound to it this sharper thing or if I'm playing with a with a flat pick or uh, and then in this case, it was it was moving to the thumb, and it, it does it gives that like you have that ability to have this kind of softer, more inviting thing, and this other more where it's it's almost like a, you know it's not quite like a slap bass, but you're almost you know I'm almost like like hitting those strings like it in that way that it just adds those um, those those you know elements that can just even keep you just me as the as the player and the songwriter like engaged and just seeing the the fretboard you know a little bit differently and and some chord voicings and things that just you know just a little different that kind of keep you keep you interested and 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 evolving for sure for sure that's cool well um touring right now is is pretty complicated i'm noticing a lot of people canceling shows because of the omicron variant and all the stuff that's going on but i'm interested in in, are are you going to be touring with this album are you you planning on it um uh, what what are your plans on uh i won't say i was i was supposed to play the uh portland folk festival i think a week from today which was going to be my first show in two years um and then just today was uh was canceled for the year um which was which was such a bummer, but it was it was also you know it just it was like I, I you know I feel so bad for especially for the the great people that have been that have been putting the uh, this specific festival together where they had to cancel it last year and then this year they you know just happened to be scheduled at like the exact peak of this Omicron thing here where now it's you know we're in that like you know straight straight you know um, like El Capitan face wall of of cases going up right now. You look at the, you know, you look at the little graph, you know, like, geez. And so, um, so it was, it, that was a bummer. Um, and, uh, and so I'm sort of, I'm looking forward now, you know, and was kind of slowly putting some things together. Um, but with the two little kids in the house, it's been, it's been, it's been tough. So there's nothing, there's nothing on the, uh, on the docket now, but I'm hoping, I'm hoping very soon there'll be, uh, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of cautiously optimistic. Um, as opposed to the way I've been for most of this pandemic, but I do kind of feel like this, uh, um, this will hopefully be kind of the, the end of this first phase of, of, of these kinds of closures. And that, you know, it seems, it seems like we're all going to get this thing and hopefully it's just fast and mild and, uh, and we can, we can get back to some semblance of, uh, of, of, you know, just, this is my first time getting ready for a show. Cause even though I, I mean, I sort of knew those, there's no way this show is happening. Um, 
I didn't, I didn't say it to anybody, but I was like, as the, as the data was coming out, I was like, there's no way, especially in Portland. I was like, I couldn't imagine this place, you know, an indoor, you know, show filling up with, with, you know, six, 700 people. Um, but just getting ready for the show and starting to put, you know, I was just, I was going to play solo, but it was putting, um, putting some of the songs together and getting it in my head, ready to, to go. It re- it got me, it got the, you know, the sort of juices flowing. So I'm, I'm excited to get out there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping for the spring and summer and some outdoor shows, you know, it's a little safer outdoors and stuff. And yeah, it's, uh, man, it's been such a yeah, bummer. It, it almost came back and then it, it got ripped away from us again. And you're just like, ah, oh, dang it. Man. I know, which is sort of almost worse in that way where it's like, you, you just, you get that taste of freedom and you're kind of getting ready to go. Yeah, my, my, I've been um, not going to shows for a while, and and um, I'm, I'm kind of there's a, a a winter wonder grass up at Lake Tahoe is in the uh, in the, in April, and I'm uh, it's outdoors, and I'm kind of hoping that'll be uh, the first thing I go back to, you know, and kind of uh, be out there, yeah. and see people. Yeah, and stuff. I, I bet I bet it'll be I bet it'll be cool by then, and uh, that's 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 kind of what I'm hoping for too. I mean, it seems like people that have been. Um, getting their kind of touring ready for the spring and the summer. It's like, I think, I think things will start popping then and it'll be, it'll be great. And I think it's, you know, that's just, that's what I've heard from people that have started to play and, um, out again of just how, you know, how, just how pumped everybody is to just to have that feeling of, of, you know, community and, um, you know, it's, it is, it's a, you know, to have, to be deprived of a thing, it certainly makes you feel more grateful for it when you get it back. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. In, in the last, since the pandemic, I've been to, to one house show and I went to interview a band, a Portland band, actually TK and the Holy know nothings. It's a, a Taylor Kingman from, from Portland. And, um, I went up to, uh, to crystal Bay club of Lake Tahoe. And, um, it was the first time when the, I was up there for sound check and it was the first time I'd heard a live band with a bass and drums since the, since the shutdown. And it, it started, that sound started hitting my body and I was like, Oh my God, I can't, I can't believe how much I missed this. This is incredible. Oh, yeah. No, it is there. It, there is like a, you know, it's like a, it's like the, uh, the who rock opera. It's like Tommy, it's like just the, just the vibrations, you know, it's, you know, to be in it, in that, uh, in that sphere, to be feeling the music, it's, it's just different. You know, you can sit with it doesn't matter how good your sound system is. It's not, it's just not the same thing. Right. Yeah. Live music is its own thing for sure. All right. Well, um, if, if people want to find out more about your, your album and, um, your music and, and, uh, by merch and all that kind of stuff, what's the best place for them to find you online? So uh, you can go to the website is Eddie Berman music, E D D I E B E R M A N. Uh, and then my, um, uh, uh, all the social stuff is just underscore Eddie Berman. Um, and you can find, you know, links to all the new, new album that's coming out, uh, January 21st. Um, and then we'll have, uh, uh, even more, uh, music I think we'll be putting out, uh, throughout the rest of the year. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, that's where you can find, find it all. And hopefully I'll, I'll see, uh, I'll see, I'll see you good people on the road. Absolutely. That's cool. All right, man. Well, that's all the questions I had for you. I appreciate you connecting with me and I think the album sounds amazing and I, I definitely wish you the best of luck with it. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me and, and best of luck to you as well. Thanks for listening. And thanks to Eddie for taking time to chat, check out his music online and look for him on tour. And while you're at it, like, and subscribe to my show, leave a comment and give me a follow. Tell a friend. It really does help the show until next time, everybody have a good one. The 
let the light see. 